and welcome to another episode of Grumpy Old Gay Men and Their Dogs. Is that quiet enough for you? So I'm not loud? No, the quiet was good. Okay. It was the 1-900 that was creepy. <laughs> you know, there was an element of phone sex. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. It was better. Okay, that was better. Okay, yeah, okay. thank you. You're going to continue? Yes, I'm going to continue. Welcome to Grumpy Old Gay Men and Their Dogs. It is episode 53 this week and day 257 of the calendar year. Yeah, it would be. My name is Patrick Finn and I'm here with the subdued Tommy Gibbons. Hey, bitches. How are you today, Tommy? Subdued. I know, you're not feeling too well today. I'm not feeling very well. I got some, you know, I feel like I got a fart, but I'm afraid to. Okay. You know, but it's that that makes your back hurt. And, yes. Uh, you can't walk. And yeah, so yeah. Getting high helped a lot. That usually does. A lot, a lot. <laughs> the pleasures and benefits of <laughs> cannabis. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> um, and like immediately. Yeah. By immediately, I mean 10 minutes. Well, yeah, I mean. Like you take you take an Advil and immediately is like an hour later. I know. Like, oh my God, okay, I feel a little better. Right, oh God, exactly. Better. Yeah, no, cannabis. Well, at least when you smoke cannabis. You feel the effects pretty quickly. Whereas where people who eat it, I know. That's why I usually don't go with the edibles because the edibles take so long before I feel that it's like creeping up on me. It's like, oh, this is, that's how I feel? I, I've always <laughs> thought that about edibles too. Like you, you don't know you're high until like 45 minutes, an hour later, you're like, whoa. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's like, no, I don't like that. And it's a, it's a different kind of high. It's yes, a, it is. It's a body high. Yep. But that's crazy. I mean, have we talked about this, about how the marijuana now comes in, like... All different shapes, sizes, and substances? Is even just the marijuana, which they call bud, which they may call flower, which I think then became something else. Right. The, the, what you smoke. Well, I, I, I prefer sativa over indica. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. We would decide if we were going to go pick up in Hempstead or Westbury. Like... <laughs> Those are the old days, that's yeah. Pot, did that's you go? To, did you go to the corner in Amityville, or did you go to the block in Hempstead, exactly. near Front Street? You exactly. know. <laughs> yeah. No, so, those days are long gone. Yeah, but the pot is different. Pot's a lot stronger now than it's ever. A lot was. different. A lot stronger now. A lot more concentrated THC and, now. Yeah. Well, they scientificalized it. Yes, very much so. So. I know, and, and especially now that it's an industry, you know. They're going to make fucking fortune. Yes, they are. <laughs> fucking fortune. That's why I laugh at all these towns on Long Island that tur- uh, rejected cannabis sales in their town because they could have generated all that tax revenue from the sales. When the town, three towns over, who said, yeah, we'll take that. Right? Starts making all that well, see, money. Town of Babylon, which is pretty much next door to where I am. I'm in the town of Oyster Bay. Town of Babylon has approved it, so I'm sure, you know, within months we'll be seeing, you know, shops opening up there. Yeah, Babylon's smart. Yep, very smart. And hopefully these other towns will, you know, see that and like, wow, we could be using that extra money too. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. But to be continued. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. Anyway, I guess we'll move into our first Mm. segment this week, which, of course, is... Yes, it's time once again for some heavy petting. I just feel dirty. You just feel dirty. Like, I have to go wash my hands. (laughs) Specifically these three fingers. All because of that sound cue. It's just creepy. Anyway, we had no specific issue again to talk about today, so I figured I'd go through my dictionary of dogs once again. 
and we hit the letter B this time, because oh. last week we did the often pincher. Oh, so the alphabet, you have to throw a dice to see what letter you get? Yeah, well, I'm go- I figure I just go right in sequence. This way it's easier for me to keep track of each week, like, which dog did I do last week? You know, so it's just like, I go right in alphabetical order. Well, then, oh, then you could take a turn and say, we're going to do groups. Could do that. But I figure there's only so much time we can spend on this segment, so I figure we'll just make it one dog breed well, at a time. Well, it's not a bad way to use the segment. No, it's not. But because it provides a shit ton of material yes. that will come to you pre-organized, pre, you know what I mean? Yeah. All, you can you can narrow it down to categories and then subcategories and yep. then, then we move on to the oodles, the, which the is oodles. a whole different thing. <laughs> Yeah, so what's, what's your a border collie? Well, today's dog... and oh, Bordeaux. It's, is it a Bordeaux? No, it's not a Bordeaux. Okay. Today's dog, and it seems appropriate since we have so many listeners in India, originates in India. Huh. It's called a Bakharwal dog. Okay. Would you like to see a picture of it? Uh, how could you ask me that question? <laughs> well, I just figure I'd ask. I'd rather sit here with a, a, a coffee table book of dogs but there are, and sit here and listen this to This is a Bakharwal oh. dog. It's called. Okay. It's uh, also called a Kashmiri Mastiff. It grows about... Um, Was it hard? It's uh, two to three feet high. It's about 150 to 200 pounds. They were bred primarily to be uh, guard dogs for homes and for livestock. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, I guess you could say they were sheep dogs. And herders, yeah. But, uh, yeah, they originated in northern India. They've been around since, like, ancient times. It's a okay. very ancient breed, actually. Okay. Uh, yeah. And, they, like I said, they, they have a lifespan of about six to 12 years. Yeah. Have to feed them three three meals a day, but interestingly enough, they are vegetarian. Okay. They have, their digestive systems somehow the way they've developed over the centuries cannot process meat well, so they are vegetarians. And let me ask, yes, how vegetarian is the human population that has been surrounded, that trained, that brought up, that raised that dog, that sculpted it? It come from India. It come from India, which has a heavily vegetarian diet as part of their cuisine it's not all vegetarian there is other meats in there obviously not cow (laughs) so they use a chicken that catch a fish right they can do that yes okay what are you talking about the dog the door the bark the bakhar wall why don't you just press the the the, google will say it for you well i already have i'm just i just keep saying it badly all right so so it protects livestock and guards it's a guard dog yeah guard dog you can't you can't uh come too fast onto that Dog. No, and they're actually used by the Indian police and mm-hmm. army to help fight uh, militants and yeah, separatists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, the dog is also on the endangered species list. Oh. Especially lately, it seems that a um, in the mountain areas, there's been a spread of rabies among these dogs. Uh-oh. Plus, they're also killed by these separatist militants because they're very loud, vocal dogs, and I guess they give away their positions. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. These militants kill these dogs as well. well. That dog's a soldier right there. Right, It's a beautiful dog. It's a beautiful a- dog, but its nature is to fucking back you up or die trying. Right, yeah. That's, that's, that's what that dog it. does. Yeah, but I think it's, a, it's an absolutely gorgeous dog, I think. Yeah. It really is. Well, I like black. Yeah, they said it comes... It says that one place I saw said it comes primarily in black. Other places they said find that they black come one. in a variety. That's beautiful. Oh, yeah, he's pretty. What a beautiful coat that yeah, is, yeah. right? Yeah. And from what I understand, it's, it had, they have what they call a double coat. Yeah. Which I'm not really sure I know what that means. Pickering had a double coat. Really? What yeah. does that mean? Exactly. It, there's a, there's a, you know, 
of the stuff you make spider webs out of for Halloween. Yes. Okay. It's a coat of hair that's like that. Okay. Okay. And up through it grows really long, but becomes coarse hair. Okay. That lays over. Okay. So it's like, it's like an undercoat and an overcoat. Exactly. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. So, so yeah. So there are do- a lot of dogs have that. The, the sheepdog, the... But uh, what a pain in the ass. Oh. That one doesn't look like a, as big a pain in the ass because it doesn't... It seems like its back is fur. Yeah. And not hair. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's the way it looks. But the undercarriage looks like hair. I know, right? It's it's a gorgeous It's just dog. crazy. And I love the bushy tail on it, too. It's really got a nice bushy tail. Yeah, they're going to knock over your candles, though. The hair get all up Oh, in please, your, right? Yeah. There. Yeah, this is... Not, unfortunately, it's not a dog you would keep primarily in the house. It's not what it's bred for. No. <clears throat> all right, so... But here's birthday. to the Bacarwell dog. The Bacarwell. We now move on to your favorite segment. Didn't we do this already? No. Right. Happy birthday. Oh, God. Many happy returns. A very happy birthday. Yes, it's time for today's birthdays. Let me guess. There's only one today. Okay. But she's dead. Okay. But I'm going to tell you what her name is because I didn't, I've always seen her name, but I had no idea who exactly she was. Now, you're familiar with Lincoln Center, right? Uh, yes. And there are various concert halls they yes. have there. Yes. And they have one there called the Alice Tully Hall. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But do you know who Alice Tully is? I don't. She's had a lot of money. Well, you're about to find out because I it's, today, it's her birthday today. Sorry, folks. She was born on September 14th, 1902 in Corning, New York. Where's that? That's in upstate New York. Everything's upstate. We're on Long Island, you dick. I know. Where, is it Buffalo? Is it uh, Atlanta? I mean, not Atlanta. It's somewhere up Albany. It's, it's north of oh us. <laughs> anyway, she was the daughter of a state senator and also the granddaughter of the founder of Corning Glassworks. Alice Tully. Alice Tully, yep. When you said politician, I remember a Tully. Okay. Yeah, keep going. Okay, I'll keep going. She began her career as a mezzo-soprano opera singer and eventually became a soprano. She made her debut in Paris in 1927. What's that? You know what happened, didn't you? What do you mean? Why she went from a mezzo-soprano to a full soprano? No, I don't. But I think you're going to tell me. Why? I'm speculating. I don't even know, you know. Well, I see. I would think you know more about this than I would. Why? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm just being filthy right here and saying she finally got laid and she hit the high note. <laughs> like in Young Frankenstein. Stripe hey, it's a good enough reason as any for me, you know? I'm just getting involved. But she made her Paris debut in 1927, and she appeared in New York City in her debut in 1933. In 1958, on her upon her mother's death, she inherited the estate of her grandfather. Is this the glass guy? Yep, guy, guy, the founder of Corning Glassworks. So during the rest of her life, she donated much of her income to various arts institutions, often anonymously. And uh, at one point, a cousin who was one of the founders of Lincoln Center suggested that she give money for a chamber musical nice. and in 1963 she was finally convinced to allow it to be named after her she was also the chair of the board of directors of the new york chamber music society and she served on the boards of the juilliard school the metropolitan opera and the board of the new york philharmonic and in 1985 she was awarded the national medal of arts she was also a second cousin of katherine hepburn oh. right and she never married. She suffered a stroke in 1991, and she died in New York in 1993 at age 91. Wow. 
Did they put her in the hall? No, no, they did not bury her in the hall. Why not? <laughs> you laugh like it's a ridiculous thing, but no. No, hey, if Ivana Trump can get buried on a golf course, that this would be no uh, more ridiculous than that, you know? You open that box. <laughs> there is more information inside that box. <laughs> I swear. In two years, they'll call me a conspiracy theorist about this. Yes, they will. But, uh, you know, check that box. Well, anyway, to Alice Tully, we say... Happy birthday, Alice Tully. And thanks. And thank you for all of your that's contributions. A, that's a beautiful hall like that. That's it a, is a beautiful a, hall. I've been there. Definitely nice. have been. That's one of my favorite places. Lincoln Center? Lincoln Center. Oh, it's a gorgeous And it's like... Gorgeous. The whole you, place is just... Like everything. It's so beautiful. When yeah, you just look at it, it is. So you want to look at it. So you have to go across the street. Yeah, to stand <laughs> back. But, but I'm laughing because there was a guy in France who hated the Eiffel Tower so much... Okay. ...that every day he ate lunch underneath it. <laughs> I've never heard that story Oh, before. I don't know who it was, but he <laughs> ate lunch underneath it so he wouldn't have to look at it. Okay. Because evidently from wherever he was, he lived in the neighborhood. I yes, think. I guess so. So wherever he was eating, he saw the Eiffel Tower. And was yet close enough to... Maybe if he sat inside, he wouldn't we'll see, see it. <laughs> I think you're missing the art in the in the. I think I am too. <laughs> Anyway, we now move on to our next segment. Bring out your date. Oh, here we go. Bring out your date. what? Yes, well, we've got more than one. Oh, sorry. Olivia. If you edit that. That's from a couple weeks ago. If you edit that out, I will never do this again. (laughs) Why? I guess that's the one demand I've ever made. Okay, I will leave that glitch in now. Excellent. (laughs) So, yeah, the queen died. Yes, Queen Elizabeth at the top of my list. How old was she? She was 96. She was 96 years old. She was born in 1926, the eldest daughter of the then Duke and Duchess of York. And upon her father's ascension to the throne in 1936 and becoming George VI, she became the presumptive heir. And then she became queen in 1952 on her father's death. In 1947, she married Philip Mountbatten, a prince of Greece and Denmark. He was so hot. Oh, in his day, yes, he was. He was a good-looking young man, right? And they had four children together, Charles... Anne, Andrew, and Edward. And she reigned through some major political changes, such as the Troubles in Northern Ireland, the granting of more political authority to Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland. I love the Troubles. The, the Troubles? The Troubles. It, it makes it sound like it can be... Uh, I, I, I need a, a little gin and soda. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have the Troubles. Yeah, no, that's a, that's, a, like that's a, kind of understating... A digestive What a issue. violent time that was in... In Northern Ireland. Yeah, the Troubles. Yeah, but that's what it was referred to as. But she also presided over the British Empire's decolonization of Africa and the United Kingdom's withdrawal from the European Union. All of which she had absolutely nothing to do with. Nope, but she presided over them during, you know, those were major events during her reign. See, I have a problem here. What's your problem? I like... You know what Diana is to me? If you don't listen back a few. Of course. Okay. Okay. The idea, the concept, what I liked the queen as she was a fancy woman. I suppose her job was to bring attention to other things because what did she do? She didn't fight in no wars. She lost, she lost yet again, more of the Commonwealth than any other prime minister, than any other king or queen. She also lived too, I think they lived too long. It's sad. The whole thing is sad. I'm sick of it. Okay. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. Plant that old woman. 
She's going to, like a potato, she's going to start sprouting. For fuck's sake. What's I mean? She died, what, was last Thursday. They just put the body out today, and it's going to be there now for four days of viewing. The body's been out longer than I have. I know. And then they're going to bury her. Monday. Like, That's a long time for the body to be out like that. Well, it's just... They it's must, just I mean, oh, she must be tired. Well, finally, <laughs> she, she could do all of this now laying down. Finally, for once, she doesn't have to stand... But, like, it's an expensive tradition. Yes. Yes, it is indeed. But it doesn't happen that often either. I look, but the, the details fascinate me. Okay, so ha when they, they all, the family, they're all together, they're moving the queen. They're moving her from one place to another. Yes, they moved her from Balmoral Castle now to London. London. And in the meantime, they moved her from the castle to the airport. From yes. the airport to the sky. Right. And then the landing. So, uh, but one of these, they, they're moving her, they're bringing her into, I think, the public view. I don't know what it was, but they were, they, all the kids, all of her, all of the family right. were wearing their military uniforms. Yes. Charles and uh, Edward. Okay. Uh, uh, William. William. Okay. So they, what's his name? Harry. Harry. And Andrew. Right. Were not allowed to wear uniforms. Okay. They weren't allowed to salute. Okay. Like that kind of shit. That's just, that's. That's fascinating to me, and then it's fascinating to me that it's just stupid. It, it's this whole... It's so arcane and... It's, it's arcane, and that's what many people think, that the whole idea of having this royal family that you're honoring for hundreds and hundreds of years, it's outmoded nowadays. And more offensive is the amount of money on display. I mean, Queen Elizabeth was one of the richest women in the world. Yeah. yeah. You know? And yet not in the top 200, I don't mm -hmm. think. They can't work. They're not... So I saw a thing... Um, uh, like a sticker on, you know, where you buy condoms in the bathroom? Right. Okay. A thing, uh, not a sticker, it was an announcement, because everything has to be with, you know, sorry for the inconvenience, but due to the death of the Her Majesty of Ajiba, uh, sheaths will not be available until after this day on the condom machine. Yeah. Businesses can't open. There's a bank holiday that everybody has a day off. Yep. Uh, the inconvenience, it's, it's uh, people, it's, and it's the display of wealth is so golden carriages and all of the uniforms. And look, there's nothing you can do about it now. But it's also, it's it's a tribute to the country's past as well, when it was uh, there you go. a mighty British empire, you there know? You go. It's observing those traditions and reverence for the past. Okay. Okay, that's a good argument. Now, here's my other, here's my kind of, oh, okay. my prediction. Okay. Okay. And it's not going to last very long because all, all of that tradition that they were honoring dies with Elizabeth. Yes, I think you're going to see a lot more scaling back of some of this ob observation of tradition and... And it's because of how much... The world has changed yeah. since Elizabeth is not responsible for any of that. No. She was a witness to all of it. She brought attention to what she did. She had a buku fuck ton of money. She, uh, the, the yacht, the whole thing. I, th I think the turning... But not, I like think, Oprah, not even like Oprah money. But, but yeah. I, I think the, the one event that really put the eye on the royal family and how it is outmoded was the death of Diana. Yeah. And how that was handled by the royal family. And there you have where maybe, but it, it couldn't possibly be. Where, where did it where did it all start to go to shit for Elizabeth? What was it? It was uh, the Annus Horribilis. That was 1992. So so 1992, the children get divorced. The Okay, yeah. Because now in future generations, certainly by the time you get to, to George... Yeah, that tradition doesn't exist anymore because the the king, Matt, uh, 
went divorced, first of all, divorced. Second of all, married a divorced woman. Yeah. So they're not going to be, what, what are they looking back at that with pride? Yeah, bring out the gold carriage? Like I said, it's an honoring of tradition. That's all it is. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we may see Scotland leave the United Kingdom within our lifetimes yet, you know? Uh, what's in it for Scotland? Well, Scotland's been very upset because they were against leaving the European Union. They were against Brexit. So now that Brexit, of course, passed and the United Kingdom has left, a lot of people in Scotland are not happy. And there were previous independence movements independence movements in Scotland. They had a vote for it, I think about a dozen years ago when it was voted against, it was voted down. So, time. yeah. The whole, the whole but idea they're of, saying now the whole Brexit has like reinvigorated that whole movement again. Which is going to interrupt the whole the sun never sets on the British Empire mindset that they all still, rightfully or not, have. Yeah. And that if that's what they represent, that doesn't exist anymore. No, it doesn't. So they're going to fade out. Yeah. She's she's the last, I think, you're going to see the of right one. Yeah. The royalty the way it has been for all this time. It's going to be too late for William. Not that William could save it. No. But it's going to be too late for him. And certainly by the time his gay son grow up, George. <laughs> he's sassy. <laughs> George is sassy. I don't know. I like little. Who was, who was the one at the? Um, they showed on on film. He was watching something with uh, Kate, and he was acting up. Wasn't that Louis, the other no. son? No, I think that was George. That was George. I thought it was Louis. Maybe. Okay. I was like, no, he's the one. <laughs> he's the one. No, it's that, it doesn't matter. What we're saying is, ask Uncle Edward. He'll know. <laughs> All this time, don't you know, Edward is sitting in a, in a gilded chair saying, thank God my older brothers and sisters are such fuck-ups. <laughs> Nobody knows who I am. Nobody gives fuck. Yeah. Oh, I know. Eddie wins. But as to Elizabeth, she was the longest-lived British monarch and the second-longest reigning sovereign in world history in behind world history. behind Louis the 14th of France oh Louis XIV right how do you say 14 in French in French Quatre. I Quatre. don't know I learned Spanish not French in high school Quatre. <laughs> Quatre. <laughs> you gotta go with the claw right that's your four but anyway we say hail and farewell to Queen Elizabeth put her in the ground, let her rest. Mm-hmm. And lastly, I'm going to bring up, because it's not just one death, it's been about a whole bunch of them. But the most recent one was when the uh, the chairman of, I'm sorry, a Russian business executive on September 12th died by drowning after falling out of his boat. It's amazing how the Russians all die these, like, spy deaths. Well, I'm going to tell you. Poison, uh, there's they a whole fall list. 16th floor. There's a whole list of them. January, th- starting from January 30th, this year. Businessman found dead. Suicide note found on body. February 25th. Businessman found dead. Suicide note found on the body. March 23rd. Businessman found dead with his wife and two sons beside him. April 18th. Businessman found dead with wife and 13-year-old daughter beside him. <laughs> April 19th. Businessman hanged from a handrail. Wife and daughter were found dead in their beds with blunt axe and stab wounds. 
Jones, May 3rd or May 2nd, businessman fell from a cliff while hiking. <laughs> July 4th, businessman found with gunshot wounds to his head. August 14th, businessman falls from his apartment building. <laughs> September 1st, the chairman of one of the uh, Russian oil companies fell out of a window after being hospitalized for heart problems and depression. <laughs> Yeah. But, no, I'm sure the Russian government had nothing to do with it. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's just a huge series of coincidences. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I think that's just amazing. And it's so close to here. What do you mean? It's politically. That whole where you could just take care of the people that you want to get rid of. You just get rid of them. Yeah. With with you don't need to be shy about it. You don't need to be clever about it. No. And you're held to no account for doing it. Yeah. So it's coming here. It's an option here. Well, you oh you think that's going to eventually happen here? It's it's an option. Okay. We've seen it. It's gotten close enough to be Donald Trump. Well, hey, you the, think he's not well hey, there's still questions about Jeffrey Epstein's death, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah he did not commit suicide. suicide. That's crazy. I know, but who to be continued, you know? Well, let's not. <laughs> we now move on to our next segment. Today in history. Okay. Did you approve of that cut? Yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> Today in history, on September 14th, 1814, an American lawyer and amateur poet named Francis Scott Key wrote a poem inspired by seeing the raising of the American flag over Fort McHenry after an all-day and all-night bombardment by British ships. So why isn't this like some kind of crazy patriotic... Fourth of July thing. I don't know. Right. It's not though, but I know it's not. That's why I asked why wasn't it. I don't know, but anyway, what it was, he was on a mercy mission for the release of a doctor that was in the uh, being held prisoner by the British, and the British agreed to release the doctor, but they forced the doctor and Key to stay on the British ships until after the attack on Baltimore was over, and the British fired between fifteen thousand and eighteen thousand cannons, uh, cannonballs at. Fort McHenry. Oh my God. But on the morning of September 14th, a oversized American flag built by local, made by local people was raised over the fort. And Key saw it and inspired, he began jotting down the verses on the back of a letter he was carrying. And he originally named the poem Defense on Fort McHenry. And it was later set to the tune of a song called To Anacreon in Heaven, which was basically a drinking song of a uh, gentleman's club called the Anacreon... Anacreonautic Society. What were they all about? Basically, they were music appreciation fans who liked to drink. Okay. <laughs> so then eventually the song became known as the Star Spangled Banner and became the national anthem officially in 1931. Star Spangled Banner. Yes. I also found out that when you set new lyrics to a song, which is what happened in this instance, it's called a contrafactum. Uh-oh. I never heard that before. Sounds all Latin and legal. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, I'm listening to a contrafactum. Yeah. <laughs> what a lovely contrafactum that is. Yo, guys, you know what this is? <laughs> this is a contrafactum. Wow, man, what's that? <laughs> No, it's not, dude. <laughs> it's a quadrifix. <laughs> no, no. Do you ever change key, though? 
Also today, on September 14th, 1975, Pope Paul VI canonized the first American saint by the name of Elizabeth Ann Seton. Seton Hall. I guess it's probably named after her. Isn't it a Catholic university? I don't know. I'm not really familiar with it. Okay. But anyway, she was born in... Uh, 1774 to a wealthy Episcopalian family. She married at the age of 19 and had five children. Her husband died in 1803 from tuberculosis. Who are we talking about? Elizabeth Ann Seton, the first American saint. The saint, okay. In 1804, she began attending Catholic church services, and she converted to Catholicism in 1806. What the hell was she before? Uh, she was an Episcopalian. Okay. Okay. Now, she had opened a, uh, I guess, during, uh, after she became a widow, she opened a boarding house for boys. But once the parents discovered that she was a Catholic, they removed their children from the school, the boarding house. Because you know what comes with Catholics, don't you? <laughs> What's that? Priests. <laughs> and this single woman raising a house full of boys? Young teenage boys? No, not a Catholic one. Bring me your Methodist. Anyway, in 1809, she accepted an invitation from French Catholic em uh, emigrants and moved to Emmitsburg, Maryland, where she established the St. Joseph's Academy and Free School. Uh, that was basically a Catholic girls' school. She also established a religious community in the, in the town dedicated to the care of the poor. And this was the first congregation of religious sisters founded in the United States. And the school was the first free Catholic school in America. And this marked the beginning of the Catholic parochial school system in uh -oh. the United States. And she served as the superior for the school for the next 12 years. And she died in 1821. Prove it. What do you mean, prove what? Never mind. Just... Well, anyway, do you want to know how she became a saint? No. Well, I'm going to tell you. Uh I know. That's well, in order to become a saint, you have to have performed miracles exactly. after you've died. Okay, right, because it's harder that way. Exactly. It's easy to perform a miracle while you're alive. Yes. Anybody can do that. Anybody can do that. When you're dead, go ahead, make a statue bleed, you bitch. Well, in this instance, her two miracles were All right. a sister Gertrude Korsendorfer was suffering from pancreatic cancer and in the 1930s and made a full recovery after praying to Elizabeth Ann Seton. Wrong. And then uh, four-year-old Anne Teresa O'Neill was cured of uh, leukemia in 1952 after her sister Mary Alice prayed to Seton. Okay. And then finally, there was another miracle. Carl Kalin was given a few hours to live in 1963 when he was brought to St. Joseph's Hospital in New York. He was diagnosed with meningitis of the brain and was in a coma. The Sisters of Charity of the New York chapter visited Kalin and placed a piece of Seton's bone, a relic, on him and prayed to Seton. How does the hospital allow that? Because it's a Catholic hospital. Anyway, Kaylin woke a few hours later. And of course, medical professionals cannot explain how any of these people were, were cured. Therefore, they were considered miracles. First of all, the bone is over how many hundred years old? It's got to smell bad. If anything <laughs> is going to fucking ping you out of a coma, it's that. Or, or, or rotten heavy cream. It gets bad. Uh, yeah, but uh, come on, Patrick. 
Don't 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 ask me. I'm a Lutheran. I'm not a Catholic. You brought this up. I was a baptized Lutheran. Why are we talking about? Because she's the first American saint, and she was canonized today. On this day. In 1975. Now, who did that? That was Pope Paul, Paul VI. Paul. Now, so now you got me on this whole other thing, because there's there was either Paul... What in what year? Nineteen seventy-five. Well, okay, because you had either Paul, you had either John and Paul, or Paul and John. Well, don't forget, Paul Paul the Sixth was then followed by John John the First. Okay, so that's why I don't know which who which lasted came thirty first. days and then replaced by John Paul the Second. Right, thirty days, just about thirty days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. they killed him. Yeah. So anyway, Happy Saints Day, Elizabeth Ann Seton. Yeah, good on you. Thanks <laughs> for your kidney, whatever the fuck you did. Right. <laughs> Anyway, we now move on to our next segment. What day is it? Could you play tell me? What day is it? I'll cut you Tuesday. Yes, and today it's several occasions we're observing, or not observing in your case. Today is National Sober Day. Sober Day. Yes. Fuck you. <laughs> you don't believe in sobriety? I absolutely believe in sobriety. Oh. Sobriety is not something to be believed in or not. Sobriety exists. Okay. So it is. I, I, no. No what? No. Isn't there something like more mundane, like National Stuffed Donut Day? Well, today actually is National Creamed Filled Donut Day. Oh, isn't that a coincidence? <laughs> and uh, of course... Isn't it a coinky-dink that I have Dunkin' Donuts on my lap? Yes, Stephen went out and brought... Bavarian donuts for us, oh. and also with the other donut, Boston cream. Boston cream oh. and so we got Bavarian and Boston cream. If anything will make you shit, it'll be these donuts. Thank you, Stephen. I'm sure they're going to use that as an endorsement. You'll probably make money. Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin donuts. They'll make you shit. <laughs> if it don't make you shit, you get your money back. Thank you. Thank you. You honey. are going to have to go back to the the. The alcohol one. You are going to have... You won't leave it there. You are going to have one of those with us, right? Yeah. And what do you mean about the alcohol one? To leave it there. The National Sober Day. Yeah, right? what about it? Yeah, we we finished with that. We, we talked about it. Oh, you went that quick through it? Yeah, well, how long were we going to spend on it? Well, there are 12 steps. Yeah, but we ain't going to go through... Not gonna, <laughs> we're not going to... We yeah. don't need to go through all the steps. This is not an AA podcast here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I... Yeah. But show respect to those who are sober. Well, no. we did. We uh, said, Happy National Sober Day. Good for them. Good for them. I said fuck you to him because of the way he delivered it to me as I was pouring a glass of wine. That's why I <laughs> sounded bitter and cold. <laughs> no. Oh, yes. 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 <laughs> so where are we? Well, not only is it National Cream Filled Donut Day, okay. it is also National Eat a Hoagie Day. Wow. Have you ever eaten a hoagie? Yeah, uh, yes, to the degree that hoagies are called different things in different areas. Well, I found out, like, what's the difference between a hoagie and a sub sandwich? Okay, here we go. Go ahead. A hoagie is made usually on a hard roll of Italian or French bread. Okay. And the ro the bread is not sliced completely through. It's like a, like, a, like a hot dog roll. Okay. It's only partially cut. I like that. Whereas a sub sandwich is usually made of a softer roll or yes. sandwich. Okay. Okay. And it's completely cut through. Okay. So that is the difference between a sub sandwich and a hoagie. The bread. Yep, the bread and how it's sliced. The bread. Yep, because you know why? Why? Bread. Bread. Is as close to God as men come. Okay. <laughs> That's true. I'll remember that. Do. <laughs> 
And ordinarily, we would go on to turn your head and cough. But? We have nothing to report on today. I could report on the latest monkeypox numbers, but I was getting kind of bored doing that, you know? Thank you. So instead, we're going to move on and take a look into my briefs. I feel for her. I bet you do. Anyway, this is about a particular criminal case that occurred in Iowa. A 17-year-old girl named Piper Lewis was sentenced on Tuesday after she pleaded guilty to involuntary manslaughter and willful injury in the 2020 killing of Zachary Brooks of Des Moines. Hold it. Wasn't she in a movie? No, she's not an actress. What's her name? Piper Lewis. You're thinking of Piper Laurie. Two different people. Okay. Piper Laurie is an old woman now. This is a 17-year-old girl we're talking about. Okay, so imagine my confusion. Okay. Okay, so you don't have to come at me like that. <laughs> well, if you paid attention... I paid attention. Oh, you did? Yeah, she's a 70-year-old woman and she's dead. Well, she killed a kid. What, what, what did she do? Oh, my God. This 17-year-old girl was 15 years old at the time when she was a runaway seeking to escape an abusive life with her adoptive mother and was sleeping in the hallways of a Des Moines apartment building when a 28-year-old man took her in and then forcibly trafficked her to other men for sex. And this included the victim, Zachary Brooks. And uh, it was... A claim that he raped her multiple times in the weeks before his death. She had, she had that she recounted being forced at knife point by the 28-year-old man to go with Brooks to his apartment. Uh-oh. She told officials that after Brooks had raped her yet again, she grabbed a knife from a bedside table and stabbed Brooks in a fit of rage. All right. Now, the police and prosecutors have not disputed that she was sexually assaulted and sexually trafficked, but they also argued that Brooks was asleep at the time he was stabbed and therefore not an immediate danger to Lewis. And they took issue with her calling herself a victim in the case and saying that she failed to take responsibility for stabbing him and for leaving his kids without a father. And the judge had peppered uh, Lewis with repeated quests to explain what poor choices that she made in her life that led up to her stabbing Brooks, and also expressed concern that she did not want to follow the rules set for her in juvenile lockup. Okay. So she was sentenced basically to, um, what was it? Oh, yeah. Five years of closely supervised probation and ordered to pay $150,000 restitution to the man's family. That's required under Iowa state law. I was just going to say, is this a black girl? I don't know. Or but You said Iowa. Yeah, I, so I don't know. Use my prejudices to say probably uh, Either Iowa. way, it doesn't really matter. No, this no, is... No, no, no. Instead of thinking to yourself, you know what? This guy was out doing this, and we didn't know about it, and he's causing all this trouble, and she took care of it. Yep. She deserved to take care of it, and she did. So let's just say, you be a good girl, we're going to help you, okay, we're going to move you along, but yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's a crime. That's outrageous. It's horrible. It really is. I mean, first of all, she was 15 years old when mm -hmm. this happened. She's not an adult. And yes, all right, she stabbed him, allegedly, according to the prosecutors, while this man was asleep. Okay. I'm sorry, you're 15 years old, you've been raped once again by a man who has raped you multiple times already. In a 15-year-old's mind, she had the opportunity to, to take revenge back on him, and maybe that was what it was, revenge. But it was justice also for what had happened to her. That's the thing. Does justice, does, does the law get in the way of justice? Sometimes it does. We've seen that. How many times have we seen that with, you know, the, all the black men who have been killed by the police? That's what I'm saying. You know? But That's here's an instance of a 15-year-old girl, a victim of sex trafficking, and this is what happens to her? I mean, we're not saying that she should be rewarded and applauded. No, I'm saying but she, should, she be, should be awarded and applauded. And then she should be held up and she should be helped into things like... 
how to eat nutrition. She should be she should be taught how to take care of herself. She should be given her basic education. I mean, she's on her own. She left her abusive mother for God's sake. She's on they, her own. Yeah, 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 yeah. She it, didn't set she didn't set out to kill him until. Uh, uh, no, no, she wanted him dead. You know, maybe if there were more social service agencies available in Iowa that this girl could have gone to instead of having to sleep in a Des Moines apartment building hallway, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just, but I just think, I, the, the, the kicker for me was when she has to pay restitution to the, to the, to the guy's family. You have to pay money to your rapist's family. Yeah. For killing this man who raped you. Well, is rape illegal in Iowa? Yes, it is. You know that for sure, the way mm -hmm. you said that. Okay. Yes, it is. But yeah, I thought that was pretty That was pretty outrageous. Yeah, that's pretty outrageous. And then next, under the look into my breeze, I'm sure you have heard about Lindsey Graham's recent introduction of a proposed federal abortion ban. Pretty much. In which... the Democrats... What's that? Pretty much giving the Democrats a clear sailing through, you would hope, the voting public yeah. through the, the midterm. Pretty much. I mean, yeah. And the, 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 six weeks out. And so many Republicans are disavowing this. this they don't want any they don't want anything to do with all this. All of them did. Well the problem is they all after Roe v. Wade happened, they all said, Yes, this should be an issue that the states should be addressing, not the gov not the federal, not the federal government. government. And Lindsey Graham was one of the people who said that. And then two months later now, he's proposing this federal abortion ban that would ban abortion after 15 weeks. These and he's calling it a late-term abortion. That's not late-term abortion. Late-term abortion is like 40 weeks in or whatever. 36, 40 weeks in. Holy shit. That's how a late-term abortion. How long are they pregnant? For? Nine months. How many days, weeks is that? That's nine times, I don't know, 36... Nine months. Nine months. 36 weeks, I guess. Nine times four. Is it four weeks per month, roughly? Roughly. I think that's what they would have based it on. So, yeah. So, you're talking about, I guess, 32 to 36 weeks, then, you're talking about, as far as late-term. But he's calling this 15 after 15 weeks a late-term abortion okay and the thing about it is is that well of course there's exceptions for rape incest and danger to the life of the mother but it would supersede state laws that allow more access to abortion but would not supersede state laws that are more stringent than this federal abortion law would be so if you want to make if you want to say I don't want to give an exception to the rapist, to the incest, to the life of the mother. That's okay. That's okay. Um, but if you want to have an abortion, a legal abortion after the 20th week, nope, that's not allowed. Okay. You know? So, yeah, these are the same people who said, uh, I believe that abortion is settled law. Yeah. So, you know, they reveal themselves the same way we do, I suppose. I know. But like I said, a lot of the Republicans are, are running away from this. They don't want to have anything to do with this. Not going to help. And especially during election time. And it's... It's one of the most visible. It's like I guess Lindsey Graham really doesn't want the woman's vote. They don't <laughs> care about the girls, Patrick. She Obviously she not. Don't you know, care about the girls. No, happy barefoot and subservient. You know, he no, no, don't barefoot, want the pregnant, and subservient. Girl don't want them anywhere near her. She is the biggest fag in Washington. Well, yeah, that's a whole other story. No, it's not. It's exactly <laughs> the story. It's an old story. Please, good lord. Uh, that sound means it's time for the Week in Fascism! Was that okay? Went on too long. Oh, went on too long now. So sorry. It's okay. Anyway, this Week in Fascism, 
the Anti-Defamation League came out with a report recently. And it said the past two years have seen a significant increase in extremist-related incidents both nationwide and in the state of Florida. These incidents have been driven in part by widespread disinformation and conspiracy theories which have animated extremists and fueled anti-Semitism. In Florida, along with the existing white supremacist groups there, there are already new ones called White Lives Matter, the Goyam Defense League, the New Jersey European Heritage Association, the Sunshine, the Sunshine State Nationalists, and the National Socialist Movement. That doesn't sound like a National Socialist Movement. Well, I mean, yeah, that's what the Nazis were. They were not, they were called themselves National Socialists. Okay. So that's what that's about. And so um, it seems that from January 2020 to August of this year, they recorded over 400 instances of white supremacist propaganda being, distri being distributed in Florida. And according to the FBI's 2020 hate crime statistics report, 56% of nationally reported religion-based hate crimes in 2020 targeted the Jewish community. In Florida, hate crimes against Jews accounted for 80% of religious motivated incidents in 2020 and anti-semitic hate crimes have risen there 300 percent since 2012. anti-semitic incidents in florida increased from 90 in 2019 to 127 in 2021 to 190 in i'm sorry in to 190 in 2021 127 was 2020 in 2021 that number consisted of 142 instances of harassment 47 instances of of vandalism and one physical assault. Not surprisingly, Florida is also the home to the most people charged in relation to the January 6th insurrection. Of the 808 of the 855 people charged so far in connection with the insurrection, 90 came from Florida. Thank God for Florida. <laughs> you know, you, you keep the problem is, in order to expose them, you need to put other people in danger. I just, it's, I can't believe this is Florida now. I really can't. But the anti-Semitism? This is a state where Jews, they call it God's waiting room for old people and Jewish people. Right, they go from New York to Florida. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's so common, it's like, you don't even bother saying it. Here I am saying it. I know. So I guess well, maybe, maybe, I maybe, I maybe I shouldn't be surprised that they're occurring in Florida, because there are uh, there is a significant Jewish community in Florida, you know? And then they are not the dominant community by any means. Florida mm -hmm. is a down south, uh, good boy. Yeah. Is that what they say? Good boy, good guy? Good old boy. Good old boy. Yeah. You know, the generally hot guys. In overalls. The yeah. state just, it just seems to be going more and more backwards, you know? Well, I mean, because when you think of the South, you would think, like, Florida stood out from the rest of the South. Because that's where the Jews went? Because it's a tourist mecca, it's the home of Disney World, you know? It was a tourist, extremely tourist-friendly place to go. I'm, I'm going to laugh at you. I'm going to laugh at you now. Ha! <laughs> You're talking about these isolated areas. Disney has its own government that in a town and it, uh, it, well, it, it governs the town, the town that it lives in. Not for much longer. It's going to lose its status. Uh, all right, but what I'm saying is that it's it's an isolated area. You what do you call Miami South Beaches? Right. Uh, your Fort Lauderdale's over there. They are isolated areas. You got the rest of that state. All up the middle of that state. Well, you have a panhandle. No, from where from where the dick end on the sides, all the way up on the sides of the penis. That's where you have people going to because it's the beach. 
all the way 100 miles inland, all the way up, and then spread out at the top by the panhandle, that thing that sticks out by Oklahoma. That is the rest of the state. Okay. It's a big state. Yes, it is. It's a lot of people. Obviously. And it's oppressive heat. Yes, very. That can make people do crazy things. I'm not trying to... Uh, Hence the origin of the phrase, Florida man. Florida man. <laughs> Thank God for Florida man. It gives us something to talk about. I... Just, uh, this is a shame what's happened to Florida. So funny. What do you mean? What's happened? You make it sound like it's never like, like it's, it's always just, been a paradise. It's, it's no, but it's just the ugliness now is just more apparent everywhere. It's mm. just that Florida has a special stupid way of delivering. <laughs> no kidding. But that's happening everywhere. What is an issue that the entire country can agree on? We hate each other. Americans don't hate anybody more than other Americans. <laughs> That's the political state of the country right now. Americans hate Americans more than anybody else. No, I think they hate Muslims more. No, no, <laughs> no, no, you're wrong. They hate Americans, they hate Americans. Okay. Because by saying either things like go back to your own country or you're not an American or you're not a patriot or you didn't serve or whatever it is that they're going to do, they're going to make you not an American. Well, they hate, or as you say, they hate Americans because they don't consider those people to be Americans. That's, That's the problem. Right. And once they say that, like I said before, well, last week, it was the fact that he prayed. Oh, he prayed? Well, then forget it. It's all forgiven. Who was that guy we were talking Anyway. Yeah. Uh, if they make it, that's the, I think, the whole common enemy thing, too. Okay. If we can make the brown people the enemy, then we could, you know what I mean? We could we could scare enough people to then take all their money. Well, we've been doing that for about 200 years now. It's crazy. Right? It really fucking is. It's just crazy. Anyway. You know, what do you think they're going to change the name to from? trickle down like it's going to be the same package it's going to be the same ideology it's going to be the same thoughts they have to rebrand it of course they'll find some other name for it I was asking you what you think that name might be I haven't a clue okay no clue that I, was, I haven't was, given the matter much thought that was a softball serve for you to land a joke yeah I know and yeah nothing's coming to me okay <laughs> sorry and now we move on to our <laughs> next topic this Yes, it's time for We Like to Watch. You know, here's the thing. Okay, what? I think there's news, actual news news in this topic this week. In We Like to Watch? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay, my observation. Okay, you'll have to start it off then. CNN. Yes, CNN. The, the, the hubbubbery around CNN right now. Yes. Um, I think is interesting on a independent... It has news itself. Yes, which is kind of embarrassing for the for the station itself when it becomes the news. Well, yeah, well, yeah. And yeah. for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, CNN came under new ownership, which is now trying to move CNN away from uh, opinion-based journalism and more into fact-based journalism. Uh, you know, you say that like it sounds sinister. Because, oh, yes, because what it leads to is what we call the bolsiderism journalism, in which they present both sides as if they have equally significance or equal relevance to each other. Okay, stop. Or in this case, reporting about two political parties, one which is now determined to overthrow democracy and we're treat the, me the news media is treating it like a normal political party. And now, so you now have CNN moving away from this advocacy position, which I really didn't see that much of except in some of their opinion journalists, which weren't even half as bad as the, the people they have on Fox. And now they're going to move it more to this 
bolsiderism, uh, bolsiderism kind of journalism, or center, now. or more center, or giving more, basically giving more credence to the right wing. Okay, I totally disagree. With well, no, I don't know. I'm going to let me ask you a question. Okay, this bothers you. This, um, you think that they're making a? Uh, what do you think about their decision to move more center? I think personally, it, Patrick, Patrick P. Finn Esquire. I think it's a mistake for all the same reasons why all the major network news covers these events. That's why it's wrong because they're treating these two political parties as equal, okay, and that they're on the same ground, okay. that they're on the same playing ground. But there's one party that's advocating for the overthrow of democracy and the rule of law. How many people you figure mm -hmm. in America, mm -hmm. born in America, naturalized, married the guy and came over and became an American, of all of those Americans, how many people you think are Republicans? Because that's the party you're talking about, the Republican. How many people you think in the country are call themselves a Republican? Well, probably a third. And another third who who are label themselves Democrats, and another third who are not affiliated with either party. So if that third of the population wants to call themselves Republicans. Yes. Shut up. They can call themselves whatever they want. What are they? They're going to change their name because they were. Uh, so, so I think the idea of presenting both sides is sorely lacking anywhere in the media and a good way to to not that's what journalism is supposed to do journalism is supposed to report facts as they happen and then it's to the opinions people you Rachel Maddows you Anderson who you know I love I you know uh, but I think the idea of a of a news organization that's willing to have representation of the government from both sides of the aisle on their network. When was the last time you saw any Republican on, on MSNBC? They don't ask them to come and they won't go. So where are you going to get these two guys face to face with somebody in between them saying, is that what you said? I think this is a good idea. I would think it was a good idea if the news media actually challenged both sides on their supposed facts. This is about your execution. But they don't. They just sit there and they let them talk and say what they want, and then they move on to the next question. And that's bullshit journalism. That's not that's not doing journalism. To not ask a follow-up? <coughs> you got to ask follow-ups. You have to inquire more. Come on. If I ask you something and you spew out exactly what I was hoping you would say, if you, if, as a lawyer, the witness on the stand, and you're going to ask that zinger of a question, and they're going to nail themselves. Right. Okay? And you know it. And it happens. Okay. What do you do? You let it sit for a minute. You let the beat happen. You let the room know everybody. Okay. And then you move on. Yeah, but you're, that's a trial. You can't compare a trial to a news program. It's two different things. No, I'm talking about that singular moment when they don't ask the follow-up. Maybe the maybe the answer to the question but was enough it's to not answer even, the question. It's not. If you watch some of the network news, it's terrible. Oh my God! It's it's really watch bad. Watch it's re news. neither do I. I don't watch most news. The most news I, the most television network news I watch is the half hour we watch while we eat dinner. Otherwise, I get most of my news from reading a whole array of sources on the internet. And we all know how how you know you how you you're presented both sides on the internet. No. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You know what? You're not interested in hearing what the other side has to say? No, because the other side is fascist. I have no interest in hearing what fascists have to say. Fair enough. No interest whatsoever. Fair enough. You know? That's that's my bottom line. I I don't care. They're fascists. 
I don't care what they have to say. Okay. When you stop advocating political violence and stop and stop saying that the 2020 election was rigged and stolen and that Donald Trump should rightfully be president, then maybe then I'll start taking you seriously again. But until that fucking happens, go fuck yourself. A whole third of the country you think is that mindset. Of the Republicans? No, that's not what I said. Of the country, of the population, of the that woman, that 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 Vietnam woman who came over because she married the the soldier and now she has American citizenship. With those people, everybody Americans, how many feel that way? I I don't even know how to measure something like that. Okay, let's call them Republicans. How many Republicans are there? You said a at third. least half of those Republicans. At okay. least half. So at ha- least half of those Republicans. Half of that third. Yes. Okay. Half of that third of all Republicans. Oh, half of that third of the entire population. No, half of that. Th- well, I don't know. Yes. It's- yes. I just said it right. I know, but you're making a generalization now. That's I'm just saying. There's a third I'm of sorry. Republicans, a third of Democrats, and a third Independents. You just. I'm called- not saying a third of the whole population believes this. I'm saying a I third think, of that third. I'm theorizing that a half of a third of the Republicans okay. are fascists. And you're, you just and said I that I, I'm being too generalized, zing. And you just said all Republicans are fascists. No, I didn't so don't say generalize that. Them. I did not say that. I said of the third of the, the, the population that are Republican registered voters, at least half of those are fascists. Okay. Future Patrick? And that's supported by data. That's supported by polling. When they ask these questions of these Republicans and if they think Donald Trump should be president, and more than half of them say yes. I mean, come on. You done? Right now I am. Okay. This message is to future Patrick. I strongly encourage you to go back and listen to this particular exchange well. And to actually do the math. Graph it if you have to. Thank you. What's next? You don't know? I got and saw a number of things. Uh, Just tell me about what you saw. First, I saw the movie Thor Love and Thunder on Disney. Okay, which Thor is this? This is the most recent Thor movie with Chris Hemsworth. Okay. And he's a hottie. Steven and I almost turned the movie off about halfway through. And why didn't you? Because then we saw Chris Hemsworth naked butt. Yes. And that kept us watching. Yes. But we were kind of sorry we did because it was okay. bad. So it was bad. And it's a shame because I love the director. His name is Taika Waititi, the guy who directed Jojo Rabbit. You just wanted to say those words. What words? Taki PP and George <laughs> the Rabbit. Taika Waititi. And George the Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> but anyway, he directed this movie. He co-wrote the movie. And the plot was all over the place. It had all this, what I consider, lame humor constantly throughout the entire movie. How did it do at the box office? I'm sure it did great because it's a Marvel superhero movie. It's a Marvel. So so wait. So wait. Marvel is Thor? Thor is part of the Marvel I universe. Ha- I, I know that there are people who would scoff at me. Okay. But I, I don't know who is in what... Like, team. Okay. Thor uh, Thor is part of the Marvel Universe. Okay, and then there's the DC. Then there's DC Comics, that's Batman. Yeah. See, you say that's Batman. If Batman, the way it is right now, was in Marvel, how would Batman be any different? I don't know. I th- and it doesn't matter, really, because it's just me. People know the difference. People spend their money. You go over there, sit down, shut up. But after watching this, I realized these kind of movies 
are not made for 60-year-old men like me. They're made for kids, these movies, you know? Yeah. And they're basically, it's, they're, I mean, they're all predictable. You know the good guy's going to win at the end, unless it's a two-part movie and then they'll make it a cliffhanger. Almost no one ever dies in these movies. Almost everyone comes back from the dead. There's no, there's nothing to it. It's just like you're just watching a series of battles to a predetermined climax. In different costumes, in different worlds, in different times. Yeah. Different, with, but what do they all have in common? That hot guy at the butt shop. <laughs> well, no, not all of them have that. Well, they should. <laughs> they should. Oh, my God, what a great book Chris Hemsworth had. If you want the gays, you, do you remember the original Spider-Man, Tory Gobi? Oh, Toby Maguire? Toby Maguire. Toby, he was the original Spider-Man in the new Spider-Man. Yes. Okay. It was released after 9-11. Yes. And so they cut in this uh, scene where he lands on the 59th Street Bridge. Okay. And the bad guy's doing Yeah, something. yeah. It's a whole and big then, climatic ending there right, on the, the bridge. Right, the guys are on the... Uh, you mess with one of us you mess with all yeah of that, that, that was a very corny bit yeah yes, right but what they how did how did they salvage that i'll tell you how they landed toby mcguire bang on the, he landed when he landed on the bridge he swoop and he landed on the bridge and when he landed on the bridge he landed with his legs apart and the camera was underneath between his legs shooting up <laughs> that's how they saved that scene photography yeah, but then he made the Spider-Man, the third Spider-Man movie, and oh my god, that was, that was horrible. I don't ever. You know, watch. He he basically painted his own exit out of that out of the franchise in that movie. It's, okay. Oh my god, it's awful, awful. It takes nothing away from the the the, the shot, the what shot on the 59th Street. <laughs> I mean, yeah. If you just, if you just want a totally mindless movie to watch while you're sitting on stone on your couch, throw on one of these movies, you know. But, what but you if are, you're looking for a movie with some actual dramatic tension to it or some good comedy to it, these are no longer it, you know. Like I said, they're these are made for kids. Teenagers. These movies. That's who they're made for. So, so how does this revelation feel? Um, okay, I can live with it. Okay. There's plenty of other stuff out there for me to watch. That anyway, we now move on to our next segment. God, Karen, you are so stupid. Yes, it's time for people saying stupid things. I had nothing for this segment. Oh, apparently, this. you do. No, I don't. It's not like I came prepared. What I know, but was... you found something, though, so it's better than what I did. So he said, I didn't have anything for people saying stupid things. And I said to him, how can that be? <laughs> I mean, people spoke this week. You know, like, uh, somebody said something stupid, and... He said, well, nothing that I found. And I said, Patrick. And I, so I looked, and I just opened a news app. Okay. And I looked and I scrolled down and it was like the third one down. Okay. And it's from Law and Crime, a Dan Abrams production. I'm just being full, like, honest. Okay. Okay. I don't know what that means. Okay. Neither do I. Okay. And it's by Colin Kalmbacker is the writer. Okay. Okay. Never heard of him. Okay. Me, me either. And it's from, it's dated September 12th, 2022. And okay. I'm only going to read the headline because... <laughs> The section is called People Saying Stupid Things. Yes. And I'd like you to, to... Okay. The headline reads, and I quote, I've already ordered snipers and a bomb. Texas woman, allegedly claiming to be Evelyn Salt, charged over disjointed and bizarre voicemails, left for a judge overseeing the Mar-a-Lago case. <laughs> So I maintain that the that the hunt for stupid things that people had said. I don't know who this woman is. Well, the Maybe. question is, is her name? Because it says 
claiming to be Evelyn Soul. Yeah, that makes it sound like we should know who Evelyn Soul uh, yeah, is. Yeah, who's Evelyn Soul? Is she actually Evelyn Soul? And it doesn't if know. If not, it. who is she? <laughs> I tell you what, I have not scrolled past the headline. Okay. The headline was all I needed to see. The headline was enough. This seems, this seems like there may be a picture of her. <laughs> Um, oh, okay. Her name is Tiffany Gish. Tiffany Gish. What a, a name! A Houston-era resident stands accused of one count each of influencing a federal official by threat and interstate communications with a threat to kidnap or injure over voicemails left on U.S. District Judge Eileen Cannon's court chamber telephone. <laughs> Did, Tiffany called the judge at work and left <laughs> messages that she had a bomb and snipers ready. Oh my god. And left out of a voicemail. Now you tell me you can't find something stupid. <laughs> okay? I'm saying if the search is easy enough. Yes, it was. And it was worth it just to hear the name uh, Tiffany, Tiffany Gish. Yeah. <laughs> So, to Tiffany Gish, we say... Stupid! You're so stupid! And <laughs> Tiffany, we can't say it enough. <laughs> Call the bitch at work. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, just the embarrassment of her calling him, like, her secretary. You gotta hear this. Come here. You gotta hear it. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, uh, it's time to be rescued by Julie Andrews. Of roses, whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. It's so perfect. <laughs> What's so perfect? Like the construction of that, the song. Yes, and then the thunder coming in. Uh, it's all. The wonder of Hollywood. I like the, th the the measure before she starts to sing. Bump, bump, bump. Raindrops on the... Yep. Talk about coming in out of nowhere. Because she's good dialogue before that. Yeah. I don't know. They knew what they were doing. Richard Rogers. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, it's time for our five faves. Our oh, five faves. Yeah. And today's topic is, I'm surprised we haven't covered before, our five favorite film villains. Oh, Okay, see, I didn't, I didn't, okay. You didn't watch. I, I, when you say, villains. Film villains. Okay, hold on. Yes. I know what I'm saying. Okay. Villains. Yes. Is a very broad topic. It can be, okay. yes. So, no, the, the villain, who's the, okay, so there are different. I don't villains. mean anti-heroes. You mean I straight mean up villains. villains. Okay. And, and I thought, still, that's a really broad, you know, but but I what I didn't. I mean, one of my characters one of my choices, some are going to say, was not necessarily a villain, but was portrayed that way. I'm like, but that's what made the character a villain in this movie. See, by not letting me finish, okay. you're going off topic. Oh, excuse me. Oh, I'm going off topic. Yes. <laughs> currently. From the Duke of going off topic. Now, I know that was some kind of name. <laughs> what I'm saying is if you were listening and would let me finish. Okay. Okay, so yes. what I'm saying is that villains is a very broad topic. Yes. And that I thought to myself, well, I'm going to have to ask him, like, are we narrowing this down any? But what I neglected to see in the text or what neglected to stick in my head was the word movie, okay. which narrows it down and gives me more of a, of a, of a uh, focused... Okay. Genre yes. of villain. Yes. That's all I wanted to say. Oh. But you had to... And you talking about me... <laughs> 
Anyway, Thomas, who was your first choice on your list of favorite film villains? Cruella DeVille. Cruella! Love Cruella. From 101 Dalmatians. What makes Cruella a great villain, mm -hmm. especially in this subtopic, in this subgenre, yes. is that her evil is not enforced with magic. No, it's just She's her. just mean. Yes. And I respect that. Now, do you have a preference as to your Cruella? Is it the animated Cruella? Is it the Glenn Close Cruella from uh, 101 Dalmatians, the I, live film? I don't know that I have a Or like is it from the Cruella DeVille film with, uh, I can't think of her. It, it would be the Cruella DeVille. Okay. I, 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 it's the movie. I'll tell you, it's the animated movie. Okay, 101 100%. Dalmatians. Yeah, she's just mean. She's just mean. Yes, she And she is. wants those puppies. Yes, she does. And go get them for me. Okay. No spots? Yeah. <laughs> Their spots are growing. <laughs> oh, let me see. The first choice on my list, the shark in Jaws. You see him as the villain? Yes, of course. Heck, uh, he's a great villain, the shark. Are you a, kidding me? That's odd. Why? What are his villain qualities? He's terrorizing a beach community by feeding on the inhabitants. Or? And then he's specifically terrorizing the boat with Brody and the other two. So, yeah. He's the villain. Okay. I see it the other way. I see the shark as the protagonist. Why do you see it that way? Because they're on his... This is where he lives. Okay. He's defending where he lives. Well, he's not defending. He's feeding on people. He's not defending anything. He's defending his environment, his space, his house, his... his crib his car his he's protecting himself he's he's not he didn't, the shark didn't wake up and say you know what amity hub is looking kind of yummy so i'm going to disagree with you on that clearly okay <laughs> i maintain the shark is indeed the villain okay it's either that or, or it's either that or mayor vaughn in his anchor jacket yeah <laughs> you you know amity means friendship <laughs> Strangest things happen in towns called Amity. <laughs> right. <laughs> Who's number two on your list? I I I I didn't I didn't really do this homework. Okay. Um, Shame on you. Yeah. I, I gave was, you more than enough time. I was doing other homework. Uh, of course. Film villains. Yes. Film villains. Ah, uh, see, even that. Like, is Margot Channing a villain? Is I wouldn't consider her a villain, no. No, no. Um I think in All About Eve, Eve herself, Eve it's, it's is, ambiguous whether she's a villain or not. She doesn't yeah. start off that way, but then you find out how manipulative she's been throughout the movie. Or is <laughs> or is it is the manipulation that we see, are we seeing through Margot's eyes? Yes, right. Is it Margot's POV? And that's why we think that Eve is a bitch. Yeah. But that doesn't... Okay, so so that's not a villain. Okay, I don't like the villain in Spider-Man. Oh, the Joker. I like the Joker. Which Joker? I like them all. You like them all? You don't have a specific one? No. Did Philip Seymour Hoffman do a Joker? No, he did not. Um, so far, it's been played by Cesar Romero, of course. Yes, of course. And then <coughs> uh, Heath Ledger, for which he won the Academy Award. That's what I meant for, for and then most female, female. And, and then more recently, played by uh, Jared Leto. Yeah, I wouldn't have seen it. And <coughs> then more, even more recently, played by Joaquin Phoenix Oh, in the movie called Joker. I wouldn't have seen that. That was with Robert De Niro. I saw it, didn't like it. That's a whole other discussion. Okay. But, so I'm going with the Joker. So you're gonna go, Heath Ledger's Joker you're going yeah, with? Yeah, for sure. Okay, good choice. Great character. He's great. 
truly a, a real, true nihilistic evil character. Yeah, Cesar Romero was the same character. Yeah, Cesar Romero to me was more was more psychopathic. You know, it's camp. Yeah, it was. It was camp too on the show. So this is the Heath Ledger was not lab. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Heath Ledger was taking the character at face value. Yeah, and this made it yeah. his it was, own. It was awesome. It was. It was a great characterization. Yeah. Third on my... Oh, well, second on my list, I should say. I know. This is taking forever. I know. Joan Crawford and Mommy Dearest. Oh. This is the one I said might provoke some... This is a good provocation. One. No, but this is a good one. I'm, I I made steal it for my number four. Being that the movie is told from Christina's perspective, Christina's perspective absolutely. Joan Crawford is He's definitely the villain. The villain absolutely, in the piece, no, absolutely. without a doubt. Absolutely, you know, even as you know, as humbled as she is at the end of her life and everything, she's still the villain because she still screws Christina out of the will oh, at yeah. the end. You yeah, know, yeah, 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 she's a villain to the very end in that movie. Yeah. So yeah, I had to go with that. I mean, it and oh, I mean. Fade on away. I'm sorry. I know she regrets that that role. How could she regret that role? Because it, that movie was. Oh my god, she got. She was so criticized. The whole movie was criticized when that came out. Oh my god, it so, was, and it took what five or ten years before people said, you know what, this is an incredible performance. Because it is an incredible. It's performance, an incredible performance, but it's so campy. The whole movie. It's. I mean, some of the dialogue is so campy. Joan Crawford's public life was complete camp. Well, yeah, I know, right? Okay, so it, and then. The other side of it is being strapped into bed and yeah. waking the house up at, at the middle of the night. So, I, I and she and she played both of them, and she played. She looked fantastic beating her daughter with a hanger. Do you know? Like that's who Joan Crawford fucking was. My favorite image is her rocking the axe at the tree. Yeah, Christina, Christina get me the axe. <laughs> Not to say the generation of gay men that it has given uh, a way to recognize each other. <laughs> I know, right? It's just a fan. It, uh, it is. But she is absolutely the villain in that yep. movie. Absolutely. Classic villain. Yeah. Classic. And a, yeah, classic villain. Who's number three on number your list? Three. This is taking too long. Can we stop at three? No. Okay. Number three is, <laughs> I'm going to say E.T. E.T.? No. no, that's wrong. You're about to say E.T.? Okay, I have one. I okay, have one. You have one. Yeah. Who? The 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 principal teacher guy who kept the kids after school in Breakfast Club. <laughs> Good choice. I, I like that. I hate him. He was more of a dick, I think. He, he, he was, was a, the villain. He, he was the villain on the piece, without a doubt. Yeah. But he was, I wouldn't say he was evil. He was, he was more of a dick. He was just a he plain a old dick. dick. And we all knew somebody like him. Yeah. And we all know somebody like him now. Right, yeah. And he's the villain. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, he yeah. is. Good yeah. choice, though. I don't know where the fuck that came from. I also I like, I like, I think the actor's name, I think it's Gleason, Paul Gleason, maybe. He also plays a cop in Die Hard. Right. And he's a stupid cop in that. And it's like, and he goes, oh, I hope that's not, I hope that's not one of the hostages. <laughs> I will tell you honestly that I did not prepare for that. Okay. That that was dropped to me. Oh, okay. From somewhere above the universe. Well, speaking of Die Hard, my next one on my list is Hans Gruber from Die Hard. Okay, I don't know who that is. Alan Rickman played him. Okay, I know who Alan Rickman Okay, is. and did you ever see, I guess you haven't seen the movie Die Hard with Bruce Willis? I must have. It was the 80s, right? Yeah, yeah I think it was like 89. I must I have. know it was late oh, 80s. Oh, 89? I think it was like late 80s. Oh. Man, if they if I was in a movie, but theater, it's it's like Christmas. It's a Christmas party in his office building, and Bruce Willis is a New York City cop who's okay, visiting okay, his this wife. Is why every who Christmas, separated from every every Christmas, and then there's this whole staged robbery of this 
of the buildings, the Nakatomi building in Los Angeles, it's called. And Hans Gruber is the head of this gang. I love his name. Right, the name is great, Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber. And he's just this well-dressed, cultured, great villain the whole time. Doesn't lose his cool at all. Adopts to, and he goes, he has this cop now loose in the building, fucking up his plans of what he's trying to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he doesn't lose his cool too much. And he just he just adopts the situation. And he dies a great villain's death. He, spoiler alert, he falls out of the building. <laughs> so yes, Hans Gruber from Die Hard. It's a great death. Yeah. All right, so who's next on your list? Oh, we're talking about villains still? Yes. Okay, Um, who is in Prada? Prada. Um, the Devil Wears Prada. Yes, the editor. I can't think of the character's name, but played by... Is it Glenn Close? Or... No, 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 no. What's her name? Come on. The Oscar. Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. <laughs> Jesus. Totally blanking there for a second. She also played Cruella de Vil. Uh, No, that was Glenn Close. Okay. That was Glenn Close. Yeah, I'm going to go with that bitch. Okay. She was the villain. Oh, she's a great villain in that she, too. Oh my she, god! If I if I'm not mistaken, there's a sense of redemption for her at the very end. Does she smile at that bitch or something? At the sort end? of. They there's an acknowledgement of of what's happened between the two characters, and I think at one point at the end, the main character was applying for a job, and Meryl Streep's character made a highly favorable reference for thus securing her the job because of Meryl Streep's character yeah. is such an icon yeah yeah she's a great bitch but she, she's a great villain in that yeah, yeah. just a great villain in that oh my god she's wonderful in that Meryl movie. the whole movie's anything. good that's a really good movie Meryl Streep could play anything oh god yes that, yeah that we know please she's amazing she is so my fourth choice then is Hans Landa from the film Inglorious Bastards oh I love that movie me too Good movie, and Christoph Waltz plays the most charming Nazi you'll ever meet in a film. He, you can't help but like his character for some reason. Uh, yeah. Because even when he says something, oh, that's a bingo, it's like, and you you laugh at that, and it's it, it's disturbing that you like like this, because he's a charming character. He charms everyone in the film. Well, that's how... And he charms the audience as well. But then at the end of the movie, when they carve into his head you know the swastika it's like yeah let's just remind you he's still a fucking nazi you know he was called the jew hunter for a reason but he was just an amazing performance by christoph waltz and just the, the whole scene when the very opening scene when he's in the farmer's house and he knows that there are jews hidden there in I the house and it's a, it's such a tense scene because you know something's going to happen. And that's not a word spoken. I mean, the whole movie uses 150 lines of dialogue. There's like no speaking in it. Oh, no, movie. there's plenty of speaking in it. Ah, well, that scene that you're talking about. Well, there's plenty of speaking in that, too. Well, uh, Because I mean, the whole thing, uh, big thing about he's going to switch uh, to another language. Right, right. So this way he knows that the people hiding below won't understand what he's saying. Well, that's the thing. He, yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah, it's a, a I great think, villain. When I think of that movie, I think of a movie that uses silence really smartly in okay. a movie. I don't think of that movie that way. Okay, well, yeah. you're turned But that's on, your perspective, you you're know? You're turned on by the Nazi with the, with the branding on his <laughs> What are we up to, number five? Number five. God. Annie Wilkes. Annie Wilkes from what the hell is the name of the damn movie? Misery. Misery, thank you. Great movie, great performance by Kathy Bates. She well deserved the Academy Award for that. Absolutely. She really did. Did you ever read that book? Yes. I read the book before I saw the movie. Okay. No, me. Yeah, me too. When Kathy Bates made her entrance into that movie... I about shit myself. Okay. Because the difference between books and movies is that 
in a book, you know this, I can see it in my own head. Yeah. And in a movie, they're showing me what they want me to see. When Kathy Bates walked on the screen as Annie Wilkes. Right. I about shit myself. Because okay. she was everything that I had in my head. Okay. Everything. Everything was perfect. She was exactly what I pictured. See, my perspective on it was a little different because sometimes after I read the book, while I was in law school, I worked for an attorney who shall remain nameless. <laughs> But she looked like... At grumpyoldgaymenandtheirdogs.com But she looked like the personification of Annie Wilkes. She was this big, solid woman. I'm sorry, isn't that what I just said? Who had all these weird personality tics and did these odd things. So that was, to me, and I told another attorney, I'm like, have you ever read Misery? She's like, oh my God, you're right, it is her. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. So then I saw the movie. Okay. So it's like, already, I already have this image of who Annie Wilkes looks like. Okay. And then Kathy Bates comes on and she just personified the character. That's right. Yeah. To a T. To a T. Yeah. It was, yeah, she was amazing in that role. The moment when you realize that she knows because the penguin is facing you, she knows because of her knickknacks. Yes. You don't know how she knows, but you know she knows. Yep. And then when she says, the penguin always faces south. Yeah. Or the penguin always faces pick a direction, whatever yep. direction it was. Then you're like, oh, fuck. Right. This That's is, how psychos do This is. is a different kind of psycho. And then I went to see you with... That is, I mean, even in the book, it's a great psychological portrait of the character. Uh, really, yes. Well, that's what Stephen King does. That's why it takes 4,000 pages to get through something like this. Yeah. Or, you know. Well, it's one of the few, like, monsters in his books that's not as, like a supernatural monster, you know? That was my thing with Cruella de Vil. No magic. Yep. She's just fucking mean. Yeah, exactly. The hobbling scene in the movie. Do you remember the scene in the book? Yes. Is the only time ever in my life I read a book and went like this. Oh my I god! I covered my eyes because <laughs> I, I. It was so horrifying. I can't. I can't watch that scene anymore. It's yeah. It's that. I went to see that movie with my friend Tony Dunn, and we went to Rockville Center to see the movie. And at that moment in the movie, now we were high and we were drinking and whatever we were doing, he puked. <laughs> Okay. She, at the hobbling scene. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. So I'm ending strong. <laughs> yes, you are. Excuse me. I am ending with my <coughs> all-time favorite villain, because to me, he is the scariest villain I've ever seen in a movie. Okay. <coughs> American Psycho. No. <coughs> Dennis Hopper playing Frank Booth in Blue Velvet. Oh. To me, <coughs> have you ever seen the movie? No. It's a David Lynch movie. Okay. One of his more conventional ones as far as plotting and everything, and Dennis Hopper leaves us this criminal gang dealing in drugs, and he is just the scariest, meanest motherfucker you've ever seen in a movie. Okay. It's like if you met this character in real life, you'd want to run as quickly as possible. Okay. He just scared the shit out of me. Plus, he's a whack job also. He's a, he's a, he's a psychopath. Well, how, how was he scary? Was he just big and, and moved towards you? Or was he like he, he was just a joker kind of crazy person? Totally psychotic, totally menacing, totally in your face. Okay, I get you. And yeah, it, it was, a, it's a terrifying performance. Okay. It really was. Edward Hopper? Uh, Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper. That's Edward's brother. <laughs> Edward Hopper. People don't know this. He made ice cream. Oh, really? Eddie Hopper. Yeah. I didn't know that. That was it. Was Eddie Hopper? Eddie Hopper was the ice cream fleet. Was the ice cream company? Really? Eddie Hopper. Oh, I'll remember that. Okay. But that concludes our five faves. Five faves. Finally. Oh my God. Jesus, that took forever. Right? Jesus, you wouldn't stop talking. It's like kneeling on rice. <laughs> 
We now move on to our final segment of the night. Get off my lawn. Did you hear me? I said get off my lawn now. Yes, it's time for the grumpy old game and gripe of the week. And what's yours, Tommy? I don't want to. I don't want to serve. What do you mean you don't want? I sir, I I went first last time. No, you didn't. I yes, did. I did. No, you didn't. I did. Okay. Mom, what are we doing? The grab of the week. Yes. I hate being poor. You hate being poor. I hate being poor. And when I'm I'm I with the full recognition that I'm talking is that about. just a di- a a weekly gripe or is that just a eternal gripe? This is when this gripe came up in the schedule. Okay. Of planned <laughs> gripes. Okay. The day two fifty seven. <laughs> okay yes and i know full well i'm talking about american poor yes which is different from any other kind of poor yes it is first world poor yes i hate it understandable okay I, that's my gripe i hate being poor i mean you are not alone in that gripe uh, believe me when i tell you i feel that i know that there are most of us feel the same way about being but i know it because most of us is poor. well i think there's a difference between people wanting more money who already have money and people who are genuinely Poor. poor you know yes i do know okay okay I, I don't like being poor as my great all right good yeah. gripe for the week perfect it's annoying and there's nothing i can do about it well there's something i can do about it. i'm trying to do something about it okay my 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 gripe of the week is of l- less consequence i would say it's social media influencers oh see this is a good my gripe sucks no you have a good gripe no, no one likes gripe, being your poor gripe is, your gripe is fun my gripe is like fucking edwardian england wrapped in woolen scarves <laughs> Please, sir, can snowing. I have some more? Yeah, no. <laughs> like, I should <laughs> Oh, my God. All right, so then let's move on. So you don't like social influencers. Social media influencers. Okay. What got me started on it was about a month. I mean, I know they've always been around. And I know a lot of them are like king girls or selling products and stuff like that. To me, first of all, if you're going to listen to someone on the internet about buying something or about anything, about life advice or anything like that, I think it's just insane to begin with. But we're in a whole different world now where the internet is a big part of life, just the way the television was a big part of culture and doing somewhat similar things during our time. Every time you fought glitter. Right. So these people are new people and they got these social influences, but... But what is that? Because I tell and you what, what, I fall down a hole of social influence. Okay, well, what set me off was about a month ago was it was a story of this internet personality named Andrew Tate, and it seemed he got banned from Instagram and from Facebook because of all these misogynistic views and other things he had said. And they finally removed him and stuff. And then I went to go look into, well, what was he saying? Because they still have videos of him on YouTube. So the internet is forever. Yeah. So I looked at it, and he's all about men should be making lots of, have lots of money, should be dating nothing but beautiful babes, and they should just listen to you and be subservient to you, and you should be just living the high life. And I was like, and people are listening to this crap. People are paying into his website to hear other content from this guy. I think, honestly, I think I'd go a little deeper into the internet than you. Well, after that, after I saw that, then I was looking at 
clever ones of this ilk of these young men in their 20s who are spouting off like there they're, they're these authorities on everything and generally speaking a lot of them are right-wing conservatives and they are misogynist you know believing that women should be subservient and given to the man all the time and stuff and it's like I don't how do people it's like you're bad enough you're listening to social media influences in the first place but now you're listening to these asshole ones who are in their fucking 20s who know shit about life what are you fucking doing you're adorable <laughs> I know, I'm naive in a way. Yes, I am. You, I admit it. In my case right now, I'm thinking, not naive, old. Because what you what you just did was complain about the young whippersnappers and their new toys and what they do with it, okay? So, and not to say that I'm not old, because I feel the same way. Believe okay. me when I tell you. But I go a little deeper in, I think, and I fall down these sort of rabbit holes of shit like this. And, sorry, my mind just took a left. The reason why I don't follow... You get suggestions. You know this. You get suggestions you may like. You may right. after you watch a video. There are some videos yep. that I don't like. There's some clicks I won't make because I know that that's all I'm going to see for the next 20 years of my life. Yeah. Okay. And I just I'm sort of interested to hear, like I said, but I don't want it. I don't want it in my feed. You know what I mean? So is the social influencers? That's that's the new fame. I mean, I look back to like when we were in our 20s, or at least when I was in my 20s, which was in the 1980s. We didn't have anything like the internet like we have today. We had people that we idolize, you know, musicians, and where singers. Did see, where did you see them? You, I saw them in concerts, okay. you know, or I saw them on TV. My, exactly. That's my point. The screen changed. But I just followed their music. I didn't follow what their life philosophy was or what they were necessarily saying in the news, unless it was something controversial that you had to hear about and then conversely you have these people 20 years old today who are taking advice and influence from these 20 something year old assholes on the internet who because they have a microphone and a big mouth think that they're in a position to able to tell you shit i don't first of all every 20 every 20 year old knows that they know everything well of course okay. of course so this is another place where you're old <laughs> Okay, the next thing is, what I'm thinking is, everything that we were exposed to... Yes. The television, the movies, the radio... Yes. ...was filtered through somebody else's opinion, through a company, through a DJ, through a store manager, through well, whatever it was, what got to Well, it was us, word of mouth, or you read reviews in the newspaper. The fact that it got made... Right. ...means that it came... Made commercially, in any way, means that it came to me through... A record label, or somebody said you, I like this and not that. The point is now the internet says the 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 internet doesn't give the control to those people who made those decisions. If this kid wants to put himself out on the internet, it's pretty much like self writing a book, right? You know, he and the more outrageous you are, the more news the, these, you make. These, that's when these people have like thousands of followers. Do you know how many like, people would wow. do, think of the think of? Okay, I'm going to put you in a place and time. Madonna. Okay. Summertime. Yep. Rolling around on the stage. Yep. In a wedding gown. Yep. Okay, you were there live. You saw it. I saw it. Okay, you weren't in the stadium, okay? Right. But it was in your in your universe. It was in your next immediate 24 hours at that moment. Yes. It was everywhere. It was the cultural zeitgeist. How many 60-year-old gay men, or straight men, or even women, 
Right. You think sat around and said, the fucking kids with their, uh, and they're rolling <laughs> around and their, their shirts are off and they're looking like thirst traps. Uh, of course. They're probably dead now. That's not the issue here. I mean, I have no problem with today's music. I enjoy a lot of today's popular music. There's a lot I don't enjoy, but there is some I do enjoy. I like popular art that's out today, the current art scene and everything, current literature. I can, I'm not complaining about the younger generation in general, like, because they're the younger generation. I'm complaining about that they're taking their cues from these assholes on the internet. Okay. I see the difference now. You know? I went off on a different tangent. Yes, you did. Which, evidently, I do frequently. Yes, you do. Which is why I didn't spend eight hours editing the show the next day. So you're thinking that it's the, you're, the, the stupid people who take the advice of the influencers or the influencers themselves who have the audacity to say, Hey, I'm 20 years old. I know shit and you should listen to me. Hold on. Stop. Don't interrupt me because I'm solving this. I'm not saying a word. Now. So they stand up and say, and that's what you meant at the beginning. That from strategy was who does this fucking kid think he is at 20 years old to stand up and say I uh, you should listen to me mm -hmm. okay yeah yeah and I'm saying that it's the the blame the consumer no it blame the it's it's between the kid what is between the consumer and the creator and in this case what's between the consumer and the creator is just software right Instagram is going to put me in touch with hundreds of millions of people <laughs> do you know what I'm saying I know and it's just me and them nobody's nobody's deciding that I should see that. Right. Whereas up until this, that has always been the case. I know. So the 20 year old is saying, ah, look at me. I'm cool. Look at me. Yeah. Of course he's going to do a selfie. You know, have an account on everything. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to do that. And you know what? They're going to make a fucking fortune. Of course. I know. That's it. It's just, uh, it's just, yeah. It's a different world. It is a different world. It's a different world, Tommy. It really is. Tell me about it. But when it comes to this specific issue, it's like, don't listen to these assholes. Yeah, on TV. yeah. You know, think for yourself. Learn for yourself. Go out and enjoy life and learn from that. How much of that did you do at 20? <sighs> What do you mean? Go out and learn for yourself and experience for yourself and not be so concerned about who you were with and what you look like and where you were going. And uh, At 20, that's what matters. That's it's, that, that, That's when that stuff is supposed to matter. Yeah, yeah. How many friends did you have at 20 that you were never going to lose contact with in your life who right now you don't know are, love it, are alive or dead? Well, I know that they're alive because oh. I'm still friends with some of them on Facebook. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying, you know, those people, you're not the same person that you are. At of course not. Of course not. To, Definitely you're not the same do, person. You're supposed to do certain things at certain stages of your life. Yes. I believe. And to be. But so I'm, try I'm trying to save these people from the misery and stupidity of listening to these assholes on the internet. You can't do that. <laughs> You don't have the power to do that. No, I don't. Because who would you have listened to? I, nobody. That's it. So I'm telling them not to listen to anybody. And they should and listen to you because... <laughs> I said so. <laughs> Bye, bitches. <laughs> My work here is done. Anyway, this brings us to the conclusion of this week's episode. I just did, I just did bye bitches. I know, but you were you're you were a little premature in your exit. Ken, is that you? <laughs> Anyway, we want to thank you all for listening. I want to thank my husband and producer, Stephen Prindegast, who provided the Bavarian and Boston cream donuts for us to celebrate cream-filled donut day. I can't wait to shit. <laughs> 
We also remind you that you can find all of our episodes plus our bonus material on our website, www.grumpyoldgameandintheirdogs.com. And you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We try to post daily on there. Yeah, that's really annoying. Why is that annoying? It's just, it interrupts the porn. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Are there certain hours that you're watching the porn that I should be aware of? So I'll try to avoid posting during those times. If I'm awake. If you're awake. <laughs> All right, so that means from uh, like six in the morning until about two in the afternoon, then I can I can uh, I can post. <laughs> and then again at seven. <laughs> no, so that, that that time between like two and seven. Yes. That's good posting time. Okay. God, I'm so glad we finally said that. Me too. I feel so much better. It was like a a weight on my shoulders. (laughs) Anyway, that's it for this week. We want to tell you to have a good night, have a good week, have a good life, and we'll see you next time. Bye, bitches. What was she saying when she was selling the... What was she selling? Who? Eliza. Eliza Doolittle? She was selling flowers. Yeah. She's a flower girl. Yeah. I'm trying to remember one of her lines as a flower girl so I could do a really bad Cockney accent. (laughs) But I can't remember any of her lines. No, neither can I right now. But let's get back to the topic at hand. No, I want to come up with a fucking Eliza line. What kind of homosexual am I? Apparently a very bad one. A very bad one. All I want is a room somewhere. What's the cue for the conductor for that line? I don't I don't know. Oh my god. I haven't seen My Fair Lady in a long while. I haven't either. You know I do love that fucking movie. It is I, a great I, movie. I, I, great I movie. The, I think it's one of the best movie musicals. Oh, I agree. Without a doubt. One of the best movie musicals. Yeah. Perfectly cast, I think. Even though I know there was controversy about casting Audrey Hepburn instead of Julie Andrews. But I think it's still a a great movie musical. I think Julie Andrews... I'm going to put myself as the guy who made that decision. Okay. At the time. Okay. Julie Andrews gives you too much nunny virginity. Okay. Innocence. Yes. Well, that was her image at the time. Exactly. Audrey Hepburn... Had a more sexual allure to her or you Hollywood could, image. You could see how you could, she was. She's more believable to standing up to him. Yes. I oh, could, no, but I think Julie Andrews could have done that if she did the Broadway show. For God's sake. Uh, you this know? is movies. It's close up. I know, but still. And believe me, I love Miss and Julie Andrews. Me too. I but I, I have no quibble with Audrey Hepburn no. playing the role. No. You know. And I don't care what anybody says nobody would have looked that way in any of that wardrobe. Yeah, she looked wonderful. She did. She looked absolutely... When they did the, 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 the Covent Garden scene, the, the horse track. That's what she I, looks gorgeous in that scene. Uh, oh, oh, the black and white? Yeah. yeah. Move your eyes! Move your blue eyes! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
I love that character. I, I don't lie. Yeah, it was. But anyway, we moved way off topic now. Isn't that my number four? No, we're not even on that anymore. We moved on to Gripe of the Week. Oh, how did we get to Eliza? I don't know. You started it. For the Gripe of the Week. No, that's that needs investigation. <laughs> I'm gonna edit this section and put it at the end of the podcast, like after the credits. No, wait. How did we get to Eliza Doolittle from for the Gripe of the Week? I'm. I'm. What was your gripe? Social media influence. Okay, okay, you never even got to explain it. No, I didn't. You're welcome, America. <laughs> do you want me? To, do you want me to? Do you want me to go back and put this together for you, or no? You don't care. I don't care. You don't, you don't care because you're going to listen to it again. <laughs> Neither of them care because they're going to. They don't care.